0: As ever, I have uh, the delightful Anne. Hello, Anne. Hello. Nice to see you. Uh, Anne-Law Jackson is a specialist sensory occupational therapist who basically makes all of our lives better.
1: (laughs) Well, that's a lovely way of saying it. But yes, that's (laughs) what we hope to do.
0: That's the goal, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, So uh, last week we touched on, I think it was our, our largest number of different potential sensory issues last week. (laughs) <laughs> which was kind of cool um I, I i i say this a lot but i love how we can just go from so many different potential sensory problems um because i remember when we started doing these you said there's a lot of assumption that if you've got sensory issues it's because you've got an eight-year-old child with adhd or something very similar to that and yet sensory issues are so so much wider than that uh because we've touched on uh, babies in the womb we've touched on dementia and how sensory health can help that. We've looked at um, pregnancy for the month. We've looked at truck design, electric cars, the problems of noise or lack thereof in cars. This is such, such a, a wide impacting subject though, isn't
1: it? It, it is. And that's, obviously why i i love it because we can impact for good so many different areas and that's where um, i was doing some training uh recently this week uh going right back down back 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 down the foundations all the developmental stages that we go through and thinking it is at birth it is during the womb where so much of that sensory processing um happens and needs to happen And the stronger we can get those foundations of the building of humanity, the building of the human body, uh, the human mind, the human psyche, the human everything is built on the foundations Um, of the senses and sensory processing and that's why I think we we, we could go on talking for years because we can the the topics the experiences the impacts the effects the damage the all the different interplays of, of sensory processing it just affects so many aspects of life in our mental health our physical health obviously our sensory health um but we are complex as as humans and so if you you have something that's affected in one area and it's going to have an impact on another so sensory health will impact people's physical health it will impact people's mental health and yeah there's such a an interplay between them And in so many different areas of speech and language, of communication, of being able to do a job, physically being able to carry out skills, to be able to have conversation, to be out socially or not—everything, everything everything about who we are and how we are—is impacted by by our sensory health and our sensory processing.
0: I remember a long time ago, I um, was—I was going to say—I was enjoying a conversation. It wasn't actually that enjoyable, but there was a dentist on one hand, and there was a speech therapist on the other. And they got into a conversation about dummies and babies and whether they were good or bad. Mm. It was really fascinating because the dentist said sometimes there's a real medical need for a dummy. It can be really good for the baby. And the speech therapist was there saying there's never really a need for a dummy. And it was just, hence it wasn't enjoyable because there were complete loggerheads over right. one simple common item, the dummy mm-hmm. uh, or the pacifier from the US. And yet one was saying it can be great and one was saying it can never be great and... You know, somehow we need to find what's right for us. But of course, the dentist was right. There are times when it's good. And the speech therapist is right. There are times when it's really, really not good because it's going to affect therapy, uh, uh, the ability to speak. So how how do we um, help ourselves to work out what's, what, what's right and what's wrong? Because both of those people in their professions were 100% correct. And yet they seem to be in conflict. I don't think they actually were. But if you'd listened in at the wrong time, it certainly would have felt like that.
1: Yeah, 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 certainly. And and <laughs> you, you'd have the sensory aspect. As, as to, I'd love to speak into the use of dummies <laughs> as well. <laughs> or pacifiers, as you say, because they can both. Or well, I, I suppose I'm, I'm more in the middle because my whole... Ethos, the whole way of being, is that it just depends. It's about what is right for you within the confines of. I'm, I'm not saying you do whatever you want, whenever you want to. There, there is morality. There are ethics. There are things that are important in in how we live and the choices that we make in life. And and I think we do have a responsibility to honour and to respect other people and and what's and, and their lives. Um, but ultimately, it it comes down to being able to see both sides of it and choose wherever you sit on the spectrum of it being good and it being bad um because the the choices to 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 inform that uh are 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 so varied so for me if i was coming into the whole dummy argument for, for for example it is like it is a brilliant oral motor regulating tool. It saves the child having to be on the mother's breast, for an example, because that's the obvious place where that whole thing comes from. And it frees the mother to actually be able to, to do something for a certain amount of time. Whereas the natural thing that we are designed to enjoy the whole suckling process and to have that oral motor experience. Uh, And it's very satisfying, and it's very calming, and it's very organizing. So, from a regulation perspective, having something to be able to chew on that is that that is fits the the oral motor need just brilliantly, like a dummy has been created. uh, It it is superb. However, if there is a dependency on that, we have social norms that you really don't want a thirty-year-old going around with a dummy in their mouth. Developmentally. It's not great. It cannot be great, great at times for dental work. It cannot be great for speech and language. There are lots of things that it could be a downside for, but if you recognize, if there is a need, it's most of the time it is everything in moderation. I remember my parents used to say that uh-huh. to me, everything in moderation. I'm thinking most things in moderation now is what I'm probably my take, but it's more like assess what it's used for if it's just if for me if it's being used as a, as a regulation tool use it when you need to regulate but don't become dependent on it and use other tools find other tools instead so that there is a variety um of of oral motor things it does that make sense as, as an example yeah, just, yeah
0: yeah it just reminded me of a second off the back of that conversation because one of the dentists well the lady that was a dentist her child had had some real severe um uh physical health when they were born and they just they were not putting on weight um and i mean the consultancy was involved and they were like we, they're really struggling Like, why is this child not putting on weight and one of the things they discovered was because she was a dentist everything was sugar-free so it was like really reduced calories and one of the things the consultant said is that's great for the teeth i don't care about the teeth because they're going to lose them i do care about the weight so in the end what they said was if your child will eat it and it's chocolate i don't care we don't care about nutrition. We only, at this specific moment, care yeah. about calories. So if they'll yeah. only eat bars of chocolate, great. Feed them it twenty four hours a day, because right now nutrition health, I don't care about that part. All we need is calories, whatever form they'll take. Um, and I guess it's going to be the same in a very different context for you. That sometimes you're doing things which may not make sense, but actually there's a there's a more important. Uh, core issue which has to be solved before we can get to other stuff which to us is important but actually is probably peripheral
1: and that that's that's a massive thing that's a big part in the coaching where I try and help families decide what is the priority now what do we need to work on today what do we work on for the next week or two the next number of months what do we just need to leave aside until six months time and if we have for example, got oral motor things. If we've got them sucking and chewing on things that may not be that, that appropriate, at least you're, they're not going through their clothes because they will, they'll chew their clothes and you, you're changing their clothes like nine times a day was one of the, one of the families I was working with. And that's, that's a lot of money um and it's like we, let, let's just uh, redirect that sensory need at the moment it is there we will be able to calm it down we will be able to stop the chewing as much as, as, as it is going on at the minute but for now let's redirect it get them chewing on something get them whatever and then in six months time once we have got the nervous system in a, in a better state then we can redirect to something else that's more appropriate than them using a, a, a dummy, for example, um, rather than chewing. So you, you, you take people off themselves onto something else. And then it's a process that you move them off something that's maybe not, it's okay, but it's not really what you would hope for. And you move them onto then something more appropriate where, well, let, let's let get them, crunch, you know, getting carrots to get that oral motor, get them to having crunchy food instead. Um, and if, if the nuts, if there's too much fat, if they're putting on too much weight because it's the nuts, well, then it's just like, well, let's go back to the carrots. Let's go to apple. Let's go to other things that they can chew on. So all the time it is a process and it's making those choices for this moment in time. What is right for now? Recognizing that things will change um, and th- things need to change probably. But you can't jump from A to C. You have to go via B. Or it's a lot easier. I mean, you might be able to go from A to C, perhaps. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't. I just think it's harder for most people to to jump. Let's go A, then B, and then C, and we'll just walk, walk the journey and try and make try and make good choices along the way that are going to help us head in a more sensory healthy direction.
0: Which I would imagine is why we need specialists. Because uh, I mean, the, the example of that child having their clothes changed so frequently. I'm immediately as a parent going to, that's a lot more tiredness as well, because it's the effort of having to change a child is not necessarily going to be quick. If they don't want to be changed now, it's not just a quick change Mm -hmm. of clothes. Now it's an hour's ordeal for everyone involved. Now you're looking at exhaustion as well. So it's not just as simple as, oh, we'll just change the clothes, on we go again. And the Mm -hmm. other problem, I guess, is that you're going to find yourself into patterns of actions which are kind of self-repeating and sort of self-destructive as well, because you, you can't pull yourself out of that cycle of being, right? So you you need somebody like you to come along who can say, okay, well, don't worry about that. Let's deal with this. Um, And I know that when I was in children's ministry in one church, someone said, you've got to fix this particular problem in, in one of these children. It's terrible. You've got to fix it. And I said, I don't think we need to fix that problem. I think that problem will be solved if we can fix this over here. Mm-hmm. So the other side is sometimes it's taking a step back and saying, well, let's not deal with a problem because actually it's a big battle. You've got to choose your battles. But if we deal with something else, which is really easy, I think it actually could fix this, which is, I suppose, is where people like you come in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love on the coaching. And some people are thinking, well, how can you be an occupational therapist online? And I think that gives me um, a better insight for, for most of the work that I do because I, I, I hear and I discern what's going on and I can give that space for people to reflect and I can ask questions. Whereas if I was in the moment, I would be absolutely um observing everything and seeing everything, but I would be making too many conclusions or, or not too many conclusions, but I would be judging it from a completely different place. Whereas I listen to the information that is being given to me. And it's easier then for me to speak into that because I only hear what I need to hear. I only hear that the, the key things from which it's much easier to make a decision from or to reflect back. And, and then the families just go, Oh, or the, or the parents just go, Oh, but actually, if I did that, or Oh, I need to stop doing that. Or I didn't realize I was doing that. Or it's giving people. And that's what I do love most about coaching, because most of the time I just, I just sit here and allow people to talk. And they come to their own conclusions and um, with a little a little bit of guidance or a little bit of what about this? Or you know, not nothing much at all, but just reflecting back, giving them chance to think, because the people, the people that I work with, the people come in, are they are keen, you know, they're motivated, they want to, they want to make things work and they want to be equipped and empowered themselves. So I don't see people for um years on end every single week. I think that's that's not a helpful. A helpful thing. I don't want people to become dependent. I just know, I just want them to know that we are always there for them. Should they need that support, if they want to come back and have a space and a time to reflect. And I do have people that are in our, in our community uh, who've been for, for a number of years, but that's because it's just a, a really lovely place to be, not because they're dependent on it. It's just that they have the support. And when they need that opportunity to reflect, to make good decisions, then that's what we are here for.
0: Mm. ace right i have a question i'll be honest it's my question but i came with this on sunday so um uh, on sunday we were talking about self-serve tills um and how you can go into a supermarket just in case the description isn't helpful you go into a supermarket, you've either, you've either got a till that's staffed by a member of staff. You put stuff on a conveyor belt, it goes through, they scan it and you pay at the end. Or the self-serve till where you've got to do it all yourself. There is no member of staff to help you. You've got a set of scales and a scanner. You put the stuff through, stick it on the scales, away you go. So I accidentally talked about self-help tills at the checkouts, But it got me thinking actually in quite a positive way. So what would be the most beneficial... Method for the majority of people would it be utilising something like a staffed till, so you've got interaction with a person, or would it be better for more people to be there without a person? And or therefore, who would benefit most from each type? Are there sort of groups of people that would prefer one Ooh, to another?
1: Now, yeah, no, that 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 is a really good question, and, and I love it because it, it, there you've got choice. And there it's about actually, we need to find that the best sensory fit and that the best emotional, the best physical fit. Um, everything that we are as humans, let's get the best fit. Um, yeah, so if, if you're going through the check out, goodness me, it, it is someone who loves that social. Um, they might be someone who's not that great at actually motor planning and organizing terribly much, but they love the communication and they know that they can actually ask somebody and they are there. It's a lot less it's, it's a funny from a social perspective. You've actually got to go and ask at those self <laughs> I'm gonna call it self-help checkout now. <laughs> Self-serve um checkout. Because you, you know if you're stuck like like you know, I think most of us have been there, it's like you you are standing there and, and, and you know that you need you need help, but you've got to have it's quite it takes a lot socially to go and find somebody. Um, or you're, just, you're standing there you're really embarrassed because actually it says, you know, have you got your own bag or have you scanned it properly or, or, or whatever? And it's, that's quite anxiety provoking. Um, so on the one hand, it takes initially, it demands less social response, um, from people, but the demands if something goes wrong is that is much higher. So you've got to have that ability to feel um, calm. And if, 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 your arousal levels, if they are set up, uh, set off quite easily through sensory experiences or any other experiences, then going um, self serve probably isn't the best. Cause actually, although it is a person who is unpredictable on an actual, um, Uh, thing that goes along if if they're there at the till if you've got a person there at the till at least you can suss them out before you actually get there so you can hear what their sounds like they're not going to move erratically normally so there's you're not going to get touched unexpectedly by them um you you've heard their voice already they will control everything for you and therefore i think although there is that element of interaction which won't be that helpful for 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 some it is a lot more um it is a lot safer in as much as it's still a human there to be able to plan and organize and motor plan and um you don't have to you just you there's just less involved if if an actual person is there to help you um
0: i hadn't thought of that at Mm. all that's fascinating
1: and I think you know, and with with the self, I just think that there's a lot more. There's a lot more to think of, and a lot more to plan and organize and and coordinate. And you've got to be a bit more. If, if you're a well sensory integrative, you know, if, if you're well, and if your sensory integration processing is is working well, then you might just prefer just to go to self help, and you're and you're absolutely fine because you can cope with all the different uncertainties. Um. So yeah, on on a till it, somebody a person is uncertain. And there may be different sensor experiences involved with it, but it's less uncertain. It's it's more predictable than actually doing the, the self-help only because of the things that could go wrong and that could be different. Um,
0: predictable uncertainty, I suppose, in a sense.
1: I, I think those would be the biggest two because you've still got the beeps. Although you yeah. are in control of the beep when you do the beeping yourself, so some people might prefer this the self self help. I'm just going to call it <laughs> self help again. <okay? laughs> it's just that's the Sorry. way it's going to be. So, um, so you're in control of the beep, and that's great. So auditory wise, you know what's going to happen. It'd be nice if they had those little um, something to to dampen down how 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 high a beep it went. Um, a bag or, of lettuce you know, on
0: the speaker, that's what I do, I shove it <laughs> yeah. on the speaker. It's or little so <laughs> a little vibration. so loud, anything.
1: A little vibration or something, having a look at how else can you communicate other than just using the auditory system, that you've actually scanned something. Um, yeah, you've got to scan, and you've got to put it in a bag, you've got to organise it. Um, whereas the till, till people can do all of that for you.
0: Actually, it's a good point, because if you can't, if you can't, if you can see but you can't hear, then a beep is pointless. Without mm. a light, so mm. actually, if you're talking about somebody who's who can see fine but can't hear, okay, actually, you're you're ostracising not all that a group of people, aren't you, because they can't see the successful beep. Mm. Hmm. Okay.
1: And you've also got to you've got to be the one you've got to have good visual discrimination. In order to be able to turn the item around to see where the code is, to then get it in the right place, you've got to motor plan it because it's just like, which way up is it going? <laughs> um, like, where, 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 like, and if it doesn't beat the first time, you know, or you don't get a flash, if, if any of them do have some visual help for you, it, it's like, what, what do I do now? Because it's, and people will just keep doing the same thing to try and get it to scan. And it, because they don't have that, we call it an adaptive response. Um, as, a, as an OT, that's one of the things that we always look for when we're in therapy, that when we when there's a challenge to the body, the body has to adapt and do something different. And you'll find certain people who don't have that, that praxic ability. Uh, that ability to motor plan or to think things through, they'll keep doing the same thing. So they'll keep putting something up against the scanner in the same way. And they won't necessarily think, well, just turn it a bit, tweak it a bit, move it around. That's all an adaptive response using our proprioceptive system, uh, using our visual system, just using our systems integrated together to, to make sure that you turn something around so that eventually it will scan properly and you get your beep or your flash and then move on. So even, even, yeah, even going shopping is, it's its a big, <laughs> it, it demands a lot.
0: I haven't thought about the fact that although a self-scan till might perceivably be less of an issue because theoretically there could be less interaction, if it goes wrong, you have a lot more interaction because now the checkout uh, the, of the person who's helping you, now they're not just the other side of a conveyor, but actually, I hadn't thought about this, they're actually now alongside you, sort of pushing yeah. you out of the way to, you know, scan a thing and press a button and you're sort of pushed away from that experience and have to come back again. I hadn't actually thought about it because it isn't something that particularly stresses me.
1: Yeah. And they might come behind you. You know, it's just like, you know, they can see that you've got a suddenly you know, maybe that there's a flash or, you know, that the flashing light at the top goes, you're on checkout number three. And then they come to you and they can come up behind you and you don't realize that somebody's there, but they're perceiving that you're having problems there. You get that unexpected touch. Whereas, again, if you've got someone on the till, they're on the other side, they're safe. Some of us still have our COVID screens still up. So you've, you've got a physical you know, thing. But they're not going to get up. If they're on the other side of the till, you've got that nice social distance. They're not going to come up and walk around behind you and touch you unexpectedly. You've got a clear line and no one else is going past you because you're at the the till, you're at the checkout. Other people are at the other end. The person on the till is across from you. It's a much safer place. Whereas those self scam <laughs> i'll get the right <laughs> there there's people passing i i think the ones i've experienced anyway that there's people passing by you you are a lot more in contact and there is that unexpectedness all over in in all capacities
0: um, i was shopping the other day i had a small trolley's worth of feed it was late at night uh i must have had 30 or 40 items and as i went towards checkouts of course it was later there's no one sitting on the checkouts so it was all self-serve uh And as I walked towards it, the lady who was there looking after them looked at me, and she was quite sweet. She said, do you want me to open a checkout for you? And there's nobody in the store, so I don't really care how long it takes. Uh, And one of the tills did have a slightly bigger scales thing. I said, that's fine, I'll do it this way. Um, But again, it is that choice. I mean, she actually did give me the choice of, I'll get somebody to sit on a checkout for you, because it was quite a large trolley Uh, But we need to think about other people. And I had not considered how much more... So, how much less stressful a, a, a staffed till would be, mm. I instantly assumed that would be worst for somebody. So your response was the opposite of what I thought you were going to say. So that's interesting. <laughs> oh, you just never know what you're going to get. <laughs> no, you don't. It's fascinating. Uh, okay, so we, what we're talking about with self, self-help self tills was you could have a self-help till. So as you put something through, they always, pretty much all they they video you now. So you could say, oh, you're looking good today or good morning. Oh, good hat, nice glasses. So they can actually <laughs> offer us some encouragement or when you put a pack of peanuts through this may contain nuts allergy advice mm. that could be there uh, or if it's that has got lots of fat oh do you need that much fat in your diet <laughs> um so there actually are things they could do to positively help us even things like did you realize if you buy another two of those you can save money <laughs> <something> <laughs>
1: I think, that, I think that would be a nice one. Do you know you could get two of them? Because I just think if someone said, do you know that the fat content if I can imagine someone turning around just whacking the machine. and just like... Yes, I do.
0: <laughs> I only thought of that because I was buying a box of cereal and as I took a look back and thought, I don't know which one to buy. Uh, I noticed on the shelf it says high in fibre. So they're actually telling you now on the, on the shelves which one. I was like, oh, okay. I know what you're trying to do to me. But I thought you could actually superimpose that onto the thing. So if you're buying a cereal that's got low fibre... Did you know if you buy Mm -hmm. this one, you'll have more fiber? You know, it was just one of those things. (laughs) I'd share that with you. Uh, I love the way your brain works. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's it's an interesting one. Interesting brain. Um, Right. Thank you, Anne. Um, I love this. I I guess the message from today is sometimes we need help. Um, Mm. And sometimes we need somebody who can take an external view of what's going on because we can be so... Of the moment, dealing with the stress of a situation, particularly if you're starting to get sleep deprived, you need somebody else who can look into that situation for you, offer an external view and some special advice. And um, it's nice to set it for you, but I mean, that, that's exactly what you offer, isn't it?
1: yeah it is we we assess because we have to know each individual thumbprint there's there are loads of generalities that we will talk about and they're great you know and it's people take what they can but there is nothing that beats uh, as deep an assessment as you possibly can to find out who who ha, how somebody is who they are um to then see how we is there any element that we can actually treat it and help change the nervous system and then if not to help manage and just help people yeah. Do, do what they want to do and, and thrive in life, so.
0: I like that, thrive in life. Thrive in life with Dan Law Jackson. There's a little, <laughs> little quote for you. Um, thank you, Anne, as ever. Um, how can people find out more about you if they want to access that help? Because y- you can send in questions to us. I will ask them to answer. You can get a mostly personalized response. Um, but if you want a real personalised response, you need to contact her directly. If you want to come to the show to ask her a question, that'd be fantastic. We love, love, love your questions and does not know them before, which she enjoys. Email us here <laughs> at hello at pure247radio.org. Hello at pure247radio.org. And how can people find out more about you?
1: Yeah, I think going forward, there's, there's two ways now. The first one, if you want to get some just some resources, find out about your sensory type, have a look at some videos. They're on my website at anlawjackson.com, but also there is a page now on the pure247radio.org um website where you can find out more. You can if, if you want to come and engage with me, then there's a special way of, of helping pure 247 radio and uh, getting a discount for actually coming and being part of the service as well.
0: Yeah, it's a win-win. If you go to pure247radio.org forward slash get you home which is this show, uh, get you home at the end. Uh, you can just find that page on the website as well. Um, then you can get, yeah, you can get access to Anne and some amazing stuff um, and some discounts, which will help you help us and help Anne as well. Everybody wins, which is always a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. And thank you. Um, I, 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 I look forward to these sessions so much because I never know where we're going to go. I rarely know what your responses are going to be, which is exciting because I'd like to learn. <laughs> Learning's yeah good. it'll
1: be interesting uh, maybe sometime as well we should swap it around i'll interview you and see what you remember <laughs> about your sensory health and sensory processing that could be a fun um,
0: one you can do that next week if you want to <laughs> uh if you've got any particular questions again uh email us here hello at pure 247 radio.org hello at pure 247 radio.org and i will put your app question to Anne, and she will answer it on air for you Anne, as ever thank you
1: thank you great to see you bye
0: Pure 24-7 Radio is listener supported, which means we are free, online and always pure because of the generous support of our listeners. If you would like to contribute financially, please visit pure247radio.org. If you'd like to find out how we use your money, please visit the Our Cost section. Any donation of any size will help keep us on air and broadcasting for free. Thank you.